Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. My man Patrick takes songs from the soundtrack of a movie, plays them for us. Uh, and based on the selections, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And this week, it is Ready Player One. It's a nice film, uh, very uh, nostalgic throwback. Got a lot of uh, old school gaming references. Uh, my man Patrick also let us know the soundtrack is also fire. You can be a part of the show. Specs text on 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right. I want to get to some uh, Major League Baseball discussion. We did have Chipper Jones on, courtesy of my man Hardball Harge, opening up the contact list. So go check that out. That's also up there on the webpage at hornfm.com. Uh, you can go check out uh, the Chipper Jones interview. Good stuff there. So, it is opening day tomorrow, and yep. the big topic of conversation is about the rule changes, specifically the pitch clock. Um, and essentially the restrictions, they have put restrictions or new rules uh, and bylaws uh, in place to restrict some of the defensive positioning, uh, their restrictions on pitchers where they can yep. step off and the pickoff attempts, how many they have. Uh, they got bigger bases to encourage the lost art of base stealing. You talked about that hard in one of your hard knock lives. Mm-hmm. And also the pitch clock, which is seen as the biggest or most impactful of all the rule changes. Um, that The pitch clock counts down from 15 seconds with bases empty, 20 seconds with a runner on base uh, for the pitcher. Uh, The pitch clock uh, basically trimmed about 25 minutes of every game on average in the minor leagues last year. Uh, They replicated that same exact result in spring training. They were just going to see if it was going to be consistent in spring training. It was consistent. They shaved off good 25, close to 25, 30 minutes off of every game in spring training. So if indeed this new pitch clock ends up uh, having the same effect in the majors, it will be the largest recorded year-to-year reduction in average game duration, um, and it'll have basically in four decades. It'll right. throw, it'll throw, and, it, and it's crazy that we had Trevor Jones on, and he mentions this. Yeah. He mentions this, and it's straight. I had it literally in my notes, in my notes about it. I have it here, and this is what I described it as. Um, the changes are meant to restore the game to its former state. And he said that. Chipper Jones says it's an emphasis on getting said back to I the hate single. to say it. <laughs> yeah. He said on getting back to the single and restoring the game, basically back to kind of a, a throwback. Yeah. State where there's more emphasis on the defensive plays and more emphasis on getting the single, just getting the ball in play. And he claims, aside from the other changes, the pitch clock he loves. I've been saying it from the very beginning. And we, we had a chance to talk to Mike Caps and Reed Ryan before talking about what they were doing in the minor leagues, how they were speeding up games, how games were being played. And I remember I told you I went to watch the A's AAA team was here playing against Round Rock, and I was getting ready to leave, and I didn't realize it was the seventh inning. I was getting ready. To, I was like, man, let's go, y'all. It's, we got to get up out of here. And I looked, and I was like, wait a minute. The game is almost over. Might as well stay now. Huh. And, it, yeah, and it's been official. Might as well stay now. Right. That's how you said that. Right. Yep. And it's like, well, I'm here. I'm, not, I'm here. Might as well finish it up because it's going to be over pretty quick because of the time. You don't even think about it, about how fast the game is going and where it is this Friday. 
I'll get a chance to see it again because I'll be at the Round Rock Express watching their home opener. And I'm they they got it quick. They got it down because the minor leagues mm-hmm. have been doing it. And this also goes back to what you were talking about before, Rod. If you can be trained in a certain way in the lower levels, by the time you get to the big leagues, you've already done it. Yep. So it's not a big deal. You've already understood the assignment. You understood the assignment. Exactly. And you've already adjusted. Now, some of the old heads and guys that have been around the game for a long time that may not like it, but eventually you get used to it. Mm-hmm. It become you conditioned yourself to be there. And I know a lot of people don't like it, but you got a Hall of Famer saying he enjoys the pitch clock. That's crazy. I'm in. Yeah. I'm with you, too, you know because I think that was the big complaints that the traditionalists mm-hmm. are some of the, you know, the the older players and some of the, the players who, you know, they grew up in kind of the old era of baseball that yep. they would not like this and that they would kind of shun the pitch clock. That's not the case. I think a lot of people are really uh, enjoying the yep. uh, pitch clock, at least on the lower levels uh, in spring training. And I think fans are going to love it when they see it. At the major league level as well, and it'll take some getting used to. No it'll doubt, it'll be awkward at times, yep. but I think for the most part, this is something that was necessary for Major League Baseball's Couldn't survival. Agree more. Honestly, I think it's one of those things where you're going to see probably, especially in the first month, you'll see a few things where it's you know, hey man, this this pitcher's really bad at it, and so he gets a few, or this batter has a few, and you'll see it, and people will pick out small examples mm-hmm. to go, this is why it's bad. And you go, man, just because 1% of something is bad and 99% of it is good doesn't mean we should not do it because the 1% is bad. Right. Totally agree. And, right. and, that, and that's kind of how I feel it's going to go is there will probably be something, maybe something in the playoffs later this season will happen and someone ever will freak out about it again. You go, but wasn't the season better as a whole? Like everybody enjoyed everything? They go, well, yeah, but that one percent, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly that yep. one, that one awkward situation. Oh, no, I had one bad bite of that sandwich. The whole sandwich is bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> throw it away. I, you're right, yeah. though. That that will be magnified in the social media world that we live in. But I, I think when people look back in the totality of the season, and it's going to be a long season. There's going to be plenty of sample size, and I think the sample size will reflect that this was the right move for Major League Baseball going forward. That when you're talking about a day and age where you know the attention span of everybody, all right, yep. it seems to. Be shrinking uh people just cannot and, it, and by the way the nfl and college college football even recently decided they want to try to address the duration of games everybody understands we just live in a different entertainment ecosystem yeah. than we used to live in and all major sports need to adjust to the new attention span and the entertainment ecosystem that we live in and i'm glad they're now trying to you know cater to a younger demographic this is the average age of a baseball fan is 57 years old and 50 percent of baseball fans are 55 and older that is just that's that that is your sport that, i'm that, creeping that, that stat says your sport is dying. You got to yeah. get younger and you got to get younger quicker. And the biggest complaint from young people about baseball is the length and pace of the game. Now, you always know, you heard the, the the saying that it's not the size of the boat, but the motion in the ocean. And it's not necessarily the length of the game, but the pace for baseball is both. Yeah, no Because by the way, baseball games, NFL games, they're about the same length. They're they're really long games, but people don't complain about the pace of NFL games. Right, because there's action on every single play, and, and actually, now you're still doing more, different things. There's actually more action in a baseball game than in a football game. Well, but pitch football, to pitch, yeah. football has better production. Yeah, <laughs> football has better storylines. Yeah, football is just more exciting. Period. So as you look at this action, like from whistle to whistle. 
some more action in other games. It's not, it's not a lot of action in football games. No. When you think about it. You're true. It's true. <laughs> exactly. But it's, and Brandon it's, Phillips came in here and told us that it's boring for he him. He thinks baseball's boring. Yep. We've had baseball guys coming here and say baseball's boring. Yep. So I do think. Them checks ain't. Them checks ain't boring. <laughs> That's Lamar. old money right Ask there. Lamar. Uh, but, yeah, I think that this is important for Major League Baseball. I think it's going to be a resounding success. Yeah. I really do. I, I do, too. I think it's going to be really Especially for somebody like myself who, who like I said, I want to take my family out to the game, and I go out to a game, and we're there, and the game is flying by. My kids are still having fun, and, and we're still being able to enjoy it. Yeah, you beat in traffic, and they can go home and do homework. Come on, that's why soccer's t- taking off in this country. Yep. People love soccer. Yep. They love how uh, and that's a fixed- running clock. Yeah, exactly. They yep. love that they know when the soccer games. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna put aside three uh, three hours and we good on that. Yeah, uh, less than that, two and a half hours probably. Whatever it no takes. Like, I'm done with that. So it's. I think it is something that was necessary for baseball, and I can't wait to see how it works out in Major League. But you're going to be blown away by how quick these games fly by. No doubt. There is no doubt. Everybody has said they cannot believe how quickly the games go by, and I think it's going to end up making a more enjoyable uh, product overall. Uh, Let's talk about the Astros and the Rangers just really quickly. So we're Mm -hmm. talking about Major League Baseball. The Astros, there is a concern about Jose Altuve. Yep. Uh, and the injury uh, that he sustained to and, – and right now there's talk that with the injury, they, they don't really have a plan necessarily uh, at the leadoff. That they're, you might see them experiment, move things around. They have been. I've been be, seeing right? mostly okay. Pena has been in the lineup uh, batting leadoff as of right now. Okay. They may put Bregman there. I mean, there are so many different options that you can have because the main thing – Somebody said they may you, make a trade. They, they might. They yeah. might. But here's the biggest thing for me in, in – if you take the Jose Altuve approach, you like Altuve there because he wants to hit the ball out of the park. He'll he'll get you one to nothing. So if that's the case, you put Bregman up there. Yeah, he won't pop you at the top. You get him at the top, and mm-hmm. then he can make some things happen. But Altuve also has that speed factor, and I don't think Bregman runs like Altuve. Neither does Pena either. But you do get a lead one nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you like that? No, you're right about that. I yeah. mean, they, they're going to miss his presence uh, at the top of that lineup. And with a broken thumb, uh, the average time missed is 44 days. Yeah. But he's probably going to miss a little more than that just because it's – He's still got to get his timing back. He's got to go down to rehab. He's got to get his strength back. He's yeah. got to be able to feel comfortable there. So, you, yeah. And then he's got to adjust to the – the padding that he's going to end up wearing as well. There's so many different things that are going to be there. So it's a two-month thing. It probably will turn into a three-month yeah. kind of thing. But at the beginning of the season and you're Nobody the cares. Houston Astros, you you have you can <clears throat> manipulate the system, so to speak, by moving different guys there until you're, you're ready for him to be back. Yeah. Uh, last season there were four broken thumbs and – uh, Tyler Stevenson missed 29 days. Bryce Harper missed 61. Harold R- Ramirez missed 29. Um, so, I mean, it's depending on the player and the situation, uh-huh. but usually you're talking about anywhere from 30 to 50 games or so. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, That's why we play 162. They play plenty. <laughs> yeah. And Chipper Jones loves the Astros. Yep. Shocking. I mean, last time we talked to him, though, he picked oh, the Because he looks at it, too, and you look at yeah. the staff and you look at who they are. Yes, they're going to miss Verlander a little bit. Well, a lot of bit because he was the mm-hmm. comeback player of the year and the Cy Young award winner. But you also have Hunter Brown that is going to be in that rotation. He's very, very talented. And the other part of it is we still haven't seen Forrest Whitley yet. 
I, they they were talking. I heard Dusty Baker talking about right. Him. That's what I'm saying. And we he looks good. Yeah, yeah, he's finally gonna get his opportunity. Yeah. Now, what is he gonna do with it? You, there's two people that you're trying to replace with one, right? So you got to try to figure it out. But Hunter Brown is a Verlander light. Well, he's been essentially trying to mimic yes Verlander. Yes, and uh, every little detail of his wind up every and his pitch and it. motion. Yeah, it's creepy. I've seen the side by side videos. Oh yeah, it is creepy. It, it does remind you. Remember, Kobe did that with MJ. They used to the put walk those, and the, the, the tongue. Oh man, even the late, even some of the moves. Yes, like the, even the fadeaway. Yes, I mean Kobe stuff. It was. Eerily similar to MJ, I would say it almost affected Kobe's legacy negatively. Yeah, it was because it was so nobody ever talks about him like that. Yeah, it was so exactly because it was yeah. like, well, he's just a he's he's the greatest clone ever, but it's definitely an MJ clone. He's, oh my goodness, you know that's I mean? why he came with the Mamba. Even a competitive sickness. Yes, I mean he also had the competitive sickness like MJ yep. too. Yep. Uh, but yeah. anyway, and then looking at the Astros, I think I think when we talk Astros, it's like that. Once we get into May. And then it's June because Brantley's probably not coming back till late April. But that'll be another big addition to get Brantley back in there. And then the fact they signed Jose Abreu and it just kind of goes unforgotten that they get a former MVP. Thank you. And this really good first baseman. And, and we all love Gurriel. But Gurriel was a, you know, hit or miss guy. Yeah. And he, was, he wasn't a power guy either. And Abreu could definitely be that and bring you another big bat in that lineup. And you also got to remember, too, Jose Altuve. Is a notorious slow starter. Yeah, he doesn't start seasons off hot at all. He gets hot. He turns it up. Yeah, but he is never starting off. You're like, remember last year we were like, what is wrong yeah, with Altuve? That was like his worst start. Yeah, in, in years, a, yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's a good point. Does that well with the injuries that going to mean we still expect the slow, the slow start with the injury well, in addition some, to the injury? He's going to get some timing issues. He's going to have some. But then at least now you know why. Yeah, the exactly. Slow start. At least now. Before you didn't know why. Yeah, so it was start. like, wait a minute. You, you started going on faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, point. man, he's a great player. He'll figure it out. Yeah, He'll you're right. Now we out. know it's the injury yep. that's coming off. That's a good point. And, 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 man, Patrick, I didn't think about that, the Abreu thing. It did yeah. go under the radar. Yeah, we had mentioned and the it fact that Michael Brantley's going to be back. Yeah, like you forget, Brantley was not on this team when they won a World Series last year. Yeah, and then they you, won a World Series. And they won a World Series, and you yeah. had Jose Abreu at first base. Like, this team could be really, really dangerous if healthy going down the stretch. I still can't yeah. believe that they they didn't address center field. That was a big I, conversation a big, all last I, year. I, and that was the thing is I think there wasn't the right price, and right. they're probably going to wait again to see if yeah. they have a guy in the in the minors. And I love Chaz. Up. Chaz did great. Chaz did great. So I think you're going to see no. if that works and then just go, let's go to the trade deadline. We have not been shy to buy at the trade deadline, but you get a better deal at the trade deadline because these teams are sellers, and right now no one wants to be a seller. Yep. It, it didn't come back to bite them in the playoffs last year like everybody thought, that that center field position right. and the right. rotation and right. then the – Whatever the money ball approach that's in the field, it did not come back to bite them like everybody thought. So maybe that's why there's no urgency to fix the problem because they don't deem it as a problem. Yep. No, if I it mean, was a problem, it would have come back to bite them in the playoffs. Well, and, and two, I think, we I think expected it to. Brantley being out was a bigger part of that problem too because <laughs> you're saying now Brantley Tucker is in the outfield, Jordan is your DH. I mean, that's three really good outfielders already yeah. on your payroll. You probably don't want to add a fourth insanely good outfielder on that payroll right now. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Uh, Harge, what do you think about the Rangers, man? Any, uh, I like them. You I like, like them a lot. I like Uh-oh. them a lot. I love what they did. Okay. I love the pitchers that they went out and got, guys with experience. I got a chance to talk to uh, 
Uvalde, uh, Nathan Uvalde, who who came over from the Red Sox, and he was saying that it's more about the chemistry part of it and getting to understand the roles of each pitcher, where you're going to be. DeGrom's going to be the opening day starter. I personally thought that they were going to start Martin Perez, but when you get a guy like that, you have to go out there and mm-hmm. start him. Yeah. So he's going to get the big start mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, the position players are now going to be comfortable uh, with when you start looking. They brought up Josh Young, uh, the kid from Texas Tech, who was a major part of of their success that they thought was going to take them to the next level. Yeah. He's going to be a big part of it. You got Seager that is there at shortstop who's going to play well, and now he's getting accustomed to the American League pitchers. Simeon, who I didn't realize this until I read an article about it, he missed the reason why he probably got off to a slow start because he was doing all the negotiations for the players' union, okay. trying to get everybody back. Cause, I didn't realize that. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. So he was missing time like that too. So I think they're going to be a contender. Hmm. Let's put it like this. When we look in September, I expect them to be having meaningful games in the month of September. Ooh. And they brought in Bruce Bochy. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's the common the, force. Yeah, that's you a great point. Yeah, we didn't talk about that Remember enough. last year, I was like, they need to get rid of uh, Woodward. Well, they heard you. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. Uh, man, I, I think Rangers fans are excited the way you, you kind of popped up there. Hey, man, I you, like them a lot. You enthusiastically said, oh, I like the Rangers. I like them. It's going to be a crazy division this year. Yes. The Mariners are locked and loaded with a lot of young talent to play well this year. The A's always put something together. Mm-hmm. So whether they can put it together enough by the trade deadline that they don't sell everything away, and then you it's Mike Trout and Shoya Tani. Anything yep. could happen out there. Oh, Anything could happen. Man. Yeah, that's I, I'm rooting for them actually. Randomly, mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm well, not because they're in our division. I but. know, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm rooting for Joey Atani when he comes to the Astros. I know, <laughs> I know. There's, I know they're not a threat to the Astros. I hate to say that almost arrogantly. I know they're not a that threat to the Astros. Arrogant. That is, but they're not. Yeah. I think we all agree they're not a threat to the Astros. <laughs> but I do want to see them at least make the playoffs. Yeah. Be nice to see yeah. him make a make the playoffs. Look, Agreed. Look, we can just say we need a center fielder. Mike Trout, come on over. Show it, Tony. <laughs> we can you come come over and play too. Yeah, we can make some things him. happen. Yeah, shows they paying them. No, they're nuts. <laughs> yeah, shows they paying that kind of money. That's why they're the Astros, man. They they make frugal decisions. Frugal. Uh, I, I promised a little nugget about the Texans, so I'll give you two here really quickly. Um, okay, so let's uh, defensively, D'Amico Ryan's. He did talk about Jimmy Ward. Uh, and Jimmy Ward, remember Jimmy Ward, one of the reasons he left the 49ers is because he wants to play safety and not nickel. Yep, yep. He famously said about, <laughs> told a story about Kyle Shanahan, about Shano. Because apparently Jimmy Ward got a little cross with the front office there, uh, and with front office includes John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, because Shano makes all the final decisions, because he wanted to play safety and they kept playing him at nickel. And he said on a podcast, he went up to Shano one day because they had been playing him less snaps because they were playing essentially more 40 personnel, which means they're playing four defensive backs, not five. So he wouldn't always be out there. And he was like, hey, man, just put me at the safety instead of putting me at nickel, all that kind of stuff. And he said he went up to Shano and, he, and Shano was, and he said, hey, man, can I just play safety more than I'm playing nickel? That way I can be on the field more. Uh, and then Shano was like, I mean, do you want to ride the bench? Right. That's what he told him. Yeah. 
He was like, I can put you there, but you want, do you want to ride the bench? Because that's not what I brought you here for. <laughs> He's like, yeah. if I put you there, the guy, basically, uh, the guys in front of you, they're going to play, that kind of thing. That, that's what he hinted. And I think that was part of Jimmy Ward telling the story, hey, I want to go elsewhere. And he is elsewhere. He's with the Texans now. And they're going to play him at safety um, where he wants to play. But then D'Amico Ryan basically said, I'm going to play him at nickel and safety. Right. So he's going to be but, – but I think at the, with the Texans, he'll be prioritized, and he won't leave the field. So if he's not playing nickel because of the matchup that week, yep. they'll just move him to safety. The, the 49ers, were, they weren't necessarily doing that all the time. He wants to stay on the field. He will be one of their best players. But that's, that secondary for the Texans is going to be tough, man. With yeah. Jimmy Ward, and we always talk about how Jalen Petrie is one of the best young safeties in the league. And then they got Derek Stingley, who's a really good player. The secondary should be a strength. For the Texans next season, I love it uh, with Jimmy Ward. So he's gonna play both. I mean, and it's all about the way you sell it. I remember when they were trying to get uh, guys like Demarvion Overshone to play linebacker, and he was first he was reluctant. He didn't want to mm-hmm. play it. And I was like, man, these coaches are terrible salespeople. Just say, hey, Demarvion, we made you up a position because you're so special. You're such a unique, gifted player. We made you your own position. We call it the Overshone. Yeah. It plays at linebacker depth, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, he was like, oh, we had a vision for you. Just got to sell him on it. All D'Amico Ryan said will sell Jimmy Ward on the vision of how he's going to use him. And Jimmy Ward was like, okay, yeah, I'll play nickel as long as you're going to use me in this way. Just got to sell them that they're, the way they'll be utilized, they'll be weaponized rather than utilized. I love it. And then they'll do whatever the hell you want them to do. Every, players, as Harsh knows, they just want to know that they're going to ball out. Hey, thank you. Just, just put me in a position put, to be successful. I will play that position. But I if, will if look I don't think, for if, you. Exactly. If I don't think I'm going to be successful, I don't want to play that position. That's really yeah. how it works. And when they convinced DeMarvion Overshawn, hey, dude, in the NFL, you're a linebacker. You ain't going to get drafted in the NFL as a safety. You will, but you might go undrafted a seventh round. Thank you. But as a linebacker, dude, they're going to draft you in the middle rounds. You're beautiful to them. Exactly. You're, you're beautiful You're a to unicorn them. in there. Exactly. They want to shine your horn. It, Ooh, they want to saw it off if you play safety. <laughs> ain't no unicorn exactly. there. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, on the offense side of the ball. Okay, really quick. I, uh, and I'm going to get deeper into this little offensive stat because I just found it and I'm doing some deep dives about it. So consi- what's considered the most um, accurate analytical stat about wide receivers these days is called yards per route run. All right, yards per route run. They consider this to be the most accurate analytical stat to project wide receivers or to tell you how effective wide receivers are. Tyreek Hill led the NFL in yards per route run. Second was Justin Jefferson. Third was Jalen Waddle. Uh, sorry, Jalen Waddle was tied for third with A.J. Brown. Fifth was Stephon Diggs. Sixth, Devontae Adams. Y'all get it, right? Yep, yep, yep. I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. I think Cooper Cup was eighth. Chris Olave actually was seventh. Y'all get it. Top of the top notch guys. So um, there is a, uh, a stat that I'm going to share with, with uh Texans fans that I hope this applies to Bobby Sloak, and I'm going to do some more research to find out if it does. So since 2018, all right, since 2018, there have been eight quarterbacks to have a quarterback-to-pass-catcher connection to average over three yards per route run. Now, only one receiver this year averaged over three yards per route run. It was Tyreek Hill. Let you know, that's a really explosive stat. To average over three yards per route run. Eight quarterbacks to pass catcher con- connections have done it. All of them, and since 2018, all of them are from the Shanahan coaching tree. Ah. All of them. Every last one of them. Um, there is Tua to Waddle and Tua to Tyreek. Both of those made the list. 
Um, there is Jimmy G to Debo in 2021 made the list. Jimmy G to Kittle in 2021 made the list. Uh, Stafford to Cup in 2021 made the list. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams in 2021 made the list. 2019, Jimmy G to Kittle made the list. Uh, Nick Mullins to Kittle. What the hell? In 2018, that made the list. Nick Mullins. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Matt Ryan to Julio Jones in 2018 also made the list. So, four Kyle Shanahan offenses from my man Shano. Two Mike McDaniel offenses had reached this uh, this criteria for the stat, and Matt Lafleur and Sean McVay each did it once. So in the like I said, since 2018, only eight quarterback uh, receiver combinations, pass catcher combinations, have averaged over three yards per route run in a season since 2018. They're all from the Shanahan coaching tree. Uh oh. All right, and we're hoping Bobby Slowick can be the next because he was the uh, offensive coordinator for the 49ers uh, before he left to be the OC now for the Texans. Remember, he wasn't calling plays there, though. He'd be calling plays there, but like I said, there's a history of the play callers doing really well, but I don't know who that quarterback will be and who that wide receiver will be in that connection. All right, I'm going to do some deep diving about that because I actually have a Longhorn connection to that that I'll reveal tomorrow when Rod's around the day. Is that connection to Sark because Shano was here? I got a connection. <laughs> I got a connection. Uh, we'll yeah. get into that tomorrow and Rod's around the day. All right, we come back. We'll get into NBA news, notes, and nuggets, basketball, Hall of Fame, KD's returning, all that and more right here on Ball Don't Line, wonderful nine the horn. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick takes songs from a particular soundtrack, uh, plays those songs for us, and based on these selections, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And this week, it is Ready Player One. I actually remember the scene, I think, with this one, actually. Strange enough, I think. I can't I remember have the scene. not seen this movie at Your all. Your son's probably seen it. He's a gamer, isn't he? Yeah. But it's kind of an old school gamer feel, like references, I should say. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out and see what's happening. It's yeah. uh, It wasn't a bad film. I remember watching it. I think I rented it. I How old is this movie, though? It came out five years old. ago today. Yeah, five it's, it's years ago. It's not that old, okay. yeah. I remember and that's why you it. said this is the most recent. Yeah, because I don't think we've done anything within the last five years. Honestly, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think we've. Done I don't think we have either. anything yet that yeah. recent either. Uh, yeah, makes us all feel a little bit old. <laughs> uh, also, uh, seeing uh, your kinfolk. Yeah, Nico make me feel old too. Yeah, he he yeah. He's, he's bigger than I thought. Yeah, he's a good looking young man. Yeah, he's he's bigger than I thought too, man. Yeah, got some nice size on him. Uh, the flex is coming up after we get done. The ball don't lie. They got a very special guest yep. because hard knows everybody but this time he actually does he's kinfolk yeah he actually related familia <laughs> yeah so uh it's gonna be a great show coming up man zach lucero's already in the house i'm sure the flex fam um, yeah, i saw the seed already see no yeah. no is already there too yeah. uh so they got a very special guest we we'll get some details about that coming up in what's on tap but right now i want to get into some nba uh news notes and nuggets uh, and also there's some uh, congratulations that are in order because the uh naismith basketball hall of fame or at least it has an official been announced, but Adrian Wojnarowski, he's always dropping those uh, those Woj bombs on everybody, and he did announce the uh, at least the 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 
the class, or at least the headliners for the latest Hall of Fame class, yeah. I should say. Dwayne Wade, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Greg Popovich, Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, Becky Hammond. Also going to a lot of Spurs love. Don't yeah. forget, Pau Gasol actually played for the Spurs as well. Damn. I was just about to say, I, I remember him that. being yeah. at the Spurs briefly, right? That's crazy. Yeah. He was a Spurs as well. Has that ever happened with that many former play- players from a team or even people associated with that team or players with that city have been know. in one class? I don't, I don't know if we ever had, I don't know if there's ever been four. Because three of them are like mainstays. Three like, of them are mainstays. And Manu was last year, right? Manu was, last, was year. last year because he re- retired a year before. Yep. Damn, they should have did that. Would have been great. <laughs> they put them all in one class and uh, upset everybody in the NBA. Oh my goodness! <laughs> everybody be hot. Everybody be hot. But what could you say? You can't yep. argue with it. Right. Right. No, but the NBA be like, great. It's like, man, we only got to give out so many tickets because <laughs> that's true. I mean, they all, all got the same Spurs. people. That's oh, right. dude, that's why they should have did it. And yep. it'd be all Spurs at that ceremony. Oh, yeah. oh that'd be. Where's the Naismith Pro Basketball? It's in uh, Springfield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, Springfield, well. Mass. All right. Oh no. Maybe yeah. They won't travel all the way up there. Well, they're gonna be traveling because this is this is a party. Spurs yeah, and, and I mean, problem. and they it's pop be. too. Like that's true. That's the thing is is because Tim, it goes Tim, and then like Pop is up there. Yeah. Because he's part of all of those, and he's part of the mastermind to put all these yep. teams together. Yep. And he's, you know, when we can talk about it, Tim Duncan is a top ten all time player. Greg Popovich is a top five all time basketball coach. I think he might be Mount Rushmore. Oh, I think he is too. Yeah, but top five makes it safe. I'm saying, I'm saying this in a non-debatable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top five all-time basketball. You didn't want to have the debate on Specs X. Like, yeah. the show's Jump almost over. Time yeah. Come on, man, quit that saying. What about Rick Carlisle? Rudy Tom Jolovich. Exactly. Rudy T. Rudy T. That's right. But no, I think it's great for the Spurs, man. It really is. And I'm glad, you know, Pop's going in. I don't know how. I guess. Cause you said Pop didn't allow them to put him in because yeah, basically if you're if you're an active coach, I believe you can basically say, "Hey, don't put my name up for consideration." Yeah, and how and, and Pop hates that kind of stuff too. He, he hates does. He does. And his, of course, his response to why he never let anybody do it before was, uh, "I didn't feel I earned it." And you were like, you mean the career leader in coaching wins? Yeah, <laughs> all-time leader in coaching wins. Yeah, five-time five NBA champion. Yeah, five-time champion. He feels like he didn't earn and it. I'm yeah. not leaving David out, but no. David is not a top ten all-time, and Pop is not, and he's not a top five all-time. That's why I say Tim is Tim and and David are are, are Tim and Pop are above yes. all else. Yes, like they're top, elite. Top top. The yes. Admiral. And, like, and you know, I love David Robinson. With all my, that was my favorite player growing up. But he's just he's one of the best centers of all time. But he's like a top ten center of all time. Tim Duncan's yeah. a top ten player, but yes. yeah, at all yeah. time, yeah. Yep. And yep. I'm with you on that the too. Big it's a, fundamental. It's a, it's a different and that's a different than the sentimental attachment that yeah, yeah. Spurs fans have. Because I think the sentimental rankings for Spurs fans, I think Manu might be higher than Pop. He might be because it's sentimental, not not and, and, up, and know, David like, and David in the sentimental is super yes. high up there as well because the Spurs don't exist still if with not for David Robinson. Great point, yep. great point. Before the the dynastic yeah, run, yeah, and I was, mean he's still yeah. at games, he's still around. So like, yeah, I, he's up there sentimental definitely. Yeah, so I was like sentimental rankings are different for for Spurs fans. I think they <laughs> yeah, love sure. them some Manu, man, and Manu. the Iceman. Uh, they love the Iceman, and, yeah. and there is some some Spurs fans who are not huge fans of Pop saying what he says off the court. Exactly. You know what, you know what I'll say about That's that. Very True. Pop's been he's been he's been like that for 15, Very 20 consistent. years. Yeah. He's before the for our era of identity politics and everybody, you know, trying to be very sanctimonious mm-hmm. and you know, everybody called cancel coach and all this kind of stuff. 
Pop was talking about stuff like this when when nobody cared or even wanted to hear it or you know what I mean? Yeah. He was I remember this stuff and I mean, why is Pop talking about this in a post game <laughs> yeah. on a Tuesday night? He just randomly goes just off about you know. gun control or something like yep. that. And so I would say he's been doing it forever. And for some reason, I don't know, I'm sure we can identify a reason, he doesn't get the criticism that other people get. Like uh, who are in the sports realm who often go off on the political, socio uh, economic. I, I, I think know, there's ranks. a couple of things. One we can say is that he went to Air Force. So there's a little bit more that he kind of came yeah, up don't through talk a, to me, a military yeah. background, background. And, yeah. and he was really into the Soviet studies during the Cold War. And there's all these rumors that he was actually going to go and be a spy, spy or yeah. something, <laughs> which is why he could be a spy, which is why he would have all these players that would that were from, from over there yeah. because he'd be like, oh, no, he can communicate with them in a different way. And he knows they're, it's it's all that way. So come out later on that he was still a spy. That's why he, they yeah. had some and, he was actually over there. He was actually over there committing some type of uh, conspiratorial yeah. uh Deeds yeah. or some types, yeah. No, Send Rasha Nesterovich back over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know they say, what is the? Oh man, now I'm gonna think about this. What is the game show host? Is it Chuck Barris? You know the game. There's a game show host. I believe his name Barris. is Chuck Barris, who claims that he worked for the CIA. He claims in a book that the whole show was a front. Was it the Gong Show guy? Yes. Yeah. He, he claims the whole that his show was a front for the CIA, so he could go behind the you know behind the curtain, behind the iron curtain, and go into other I don't know states and other through international borders, and he would use the you know the show as a yeah. means to get through all these international protocols and bureaucratic you know red tape. Man, that's interesting I swear because God, I'm sitting here. He, yep, he, it says CIA career. Yes, yeah, I, I think he claims. admitted that it was a lie, though. And what, he claims it. No, I think he admitted he was a lie later on. Oh, well, I'm just saying he, like, no, he put it in a book. He did put it in a book. I, I, I didn't I didn't say it was true. No, no, I, said, no. I said he claims it. Yes, he <laughs> He's the one it. that claimed it. You know, they throw it out there. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get uh, into our. Uh, we'll, get to we'll let you know what's on tap. And then we'll tell you about the flex coming up on the side right here on Ball Don't Light on 1049 The Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is- all right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. The Horn, getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Uh, if you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. And you can catch up with them on the podcast page. It's just that simple. Also on the podcast page, uh, Patrick already got you hooked up with the Chipper Jones interview. Shout out to my man, Harch, who uh, got it done his Harch Knock Life. Opened up the contact list for a Hall of Famer. That's on uh, the website at hornfm.com. Also, the Craigway interview with Rodney Terry. Also on the website at hornfm.com. You can go ke- check that out as well. Uh, and and also, got to remind everybody out there that the uh, the Flex coming up next. You want to mix it. You got the Flex crew. Zach Lucero is going to be there. Uh, Nolan, uh, the Seed already. Uh, he's already here as well. And I'm sure they'll have some other members of the Flex crew. Cam is here. Cam's already here. Too. Yep, yep. Gang's all here. Uh, and they're going to have uh, two special guests on. That's right. They One of a- them is going to be the head coach from Dell Valley. 
uh, Coach Patman, who just took the job, and now he is the head coach, and they're going to have him on. But then they're also going to have Nico Hamilton, Kim Falk, Cuddy, woo, woo, will be coming on. Uh, Tony's here with him, his dad, and Nico's going to be with the guys in studio. So you get to hear my man talk about Lake Travis, talk about some of his visits, and uh, let you know what's going on with him. He's uh, he's bigger than I thought. Yeah. Uh, looking at him on the field, he doesn't look yeah. that big. He got some size on him. Uh, all right, uh, what's on tap for you, Patrick? What's going on tonight for you, brother? NBA, we got the Mavs trying to get back into the play-in tonight. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant yeah. may be playing tonight, too. I mean, there's like two hours before the game, so who knows what could happen. That is true. You're right. That's they right. can always change their mind. Yeah, Tonight is Durant's night coming back. I want to check it out, too. His first, first home game. Oh, first yeah. home game. Because where he was supposed to play is when he got hurt. He did oh, it in right. warm-ups. The old man layup Yeah, line. the old Injury. man yeah. layup. All right, that's on tap for you. Uh, yeah. On tap for me, actually, tonight, I am going to uh, watch that movie, The Whale. Oh. Yeah, one with uh, the Brendan Fraser wins. Gotcha. Best actor I'll see what you I got about. it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I'll let you know about a Blackbuster review. How there it is. Black we'll Buster back, review. Uh, tomorrow, same time, same channel. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it about right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. The Flex coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Peace.